Shopping for a new or used car in the Treasure Valley doesn't have to be hard, and it doesn't even have to be in person. At Volkswagen of Boise, you can stop by and look at the inventory, chat with the friendly sales team, and kick the tires if that's your jam. Or if you're more of the online type, check out what they have to offer at www.volkswagenofboise.com. The great thing about Volkswagen of Boise is that they're a non-commission team, so there's no pressure at all. Also, they have a ridiculously hilarious social media feed, so even if you aren't in need of a car right now, follow along just for fun. You know you can trust Volkswagen of Boise, as they are the main sponsor of the Boise Bubble podcast, which would indicate they have some extremely intelligent people making the decisions over there. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast, where we talk all things Treasure Valley. We're your hosts, Shane and Natalie Plummer. Welcome back to the conversation. Natalie asks that I always start the podcast. <laughs> is that is that a reasonable request? I guess only if you don't want to. Hmm. I should say I'm honored. Thank you for leaning on me and trusting me to start every episode. I just think you start them well. I think it gives it a cohesive sound. And I have no desire to necessarily... Uh, it causes me a little more anxiety to think, how do I start it? Hmm. Having the conversation is easy, but like, I don't know. You're just good at it. So thank you. If you want to, if you don't want to, I'm happy to to introduce them sometimes. But. I think it's a lot of fun and I'm having a lot of fun right now. <laughs> Are you? I hope that this is the best intro we've ever done. It's fantastic. Good <laughs> job. We've talked a lot, Natalie, about um, feedback that we've gotten from our listeners and the community. Thank you, community. Side mm -hmm. comment mm -hmm. um, for engaging. Uh, and there's a lot of interest about marriage. I think that people get a little bit startled when we tell them how long we've been married, that we've been married for 20 years. Like 20 years was we've an interesting been year. 21 years. Yes, <laughs> I know that. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm saying that in, during our, t our 20th year, when we were moving up towards it and people said, oh, how long have you been married? When mm -hmm. I'd say 20 years, 20 years was like, wow, 20 years. Wow. Why do you think that is? Um, because I think that longevity in marriage is getting rarer and rarer. Sorry, more and more rare. Mm -hmm. um, Do so you think it's because we look really young, too? I think that it's a couple <laughs> of things. One, you're an utter smoke show. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, two, I think that we're very open mm -hmm. and uh, eloquent people, and we talk a decent amount, and we're very open about talking uh, about our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so when people hear that we actually like each other and we have chemistry, we have chemistry. Sorry, I, sh I, sh I should have just fast forwarded and said, we have chemistry. We and to see people that have chemistry after 20 years is, um, I think that it is, uh, yeah, it's a gym. Yeah, which is kind of sad. I'm like, geez, why? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten married had I thought it wasn't a good possibility that in 20 years we'd still be happy with each other not that it's easy and and man we fight a lot not fight but like we disagree on a lot of stuff and like it's still constant work but we have conflict you're still <laughs> you feel like you just have to keep clarifying what i'm saying no uh, well i get concerned <laughs> about the impression that it gives we fight all the time fighting and having conflict are two we actually things. fight almost never because of our different <laughs> impressions of what fighting is but um yeah, we have conflict and we're constant. I mean, we're still, if if you think that in marriage there's going to be a point where you're like, you've gotten it and you're in your groove, just wait five seconds and then you're, something happens and you're completely 
thrown off your game and you have to start again. But what I think is helpful is I think we, we get that and we keep working, but our chemistry helps because it's fun. We like being together. So there's a lot of interest in our thoughts on relationships. We get a lot of feedback there. And a lot of our great conversations with our friends often revolve around relationships. Mm -hmm. And whether we're talking to a couple friend or whether I'm talking to somebody one-on-one, the the topic of relationship and good tools and how we see things and how we interpret, you know, certain events, um, I get a lot of energy from stuff like that. And I think that other people do too. Yeah, I think I was surprised by it because we are not experts. We're not therapists. We don't have a background in any of that. But then I realized, well... I mean, when I'm wanting to talk to people and ask, you know, their thoughts often, it's just because they've been successful in a way I want to be successful. And so we are, we, I can, we are definitely a peculiar couple in so many ways. And I know that. Um, And so the way we've done our marriage probably won't work for some people, but we do have some thoughts that maybe you're helpful and um i think it also helps us kind of figure it out for ourselves because we do use the podcast as like a way to just have chats usually offline but um yeah i, I don't know so people seem to like it so okay well i think that it. a lot of people i think that most people they don't know what they're doing like us they're they're trying to figure things out and in this day and age of social media there's this pressure to project on your feed or somewhere that you are being successful there we are not rewarded for showing our failures or showing our questions or showing our doubts or laying it on the table saying i don't know what's going on here guys helping me out really you don't think that uh no i don't think that at all do you think maybe it's more in corporate america you don't see that because i think in my where i work in my field it's it is showing vulnerability can be very helpful Mm, from my perspective i think that the argument could also be made that it's not yeah that uh social media gives you the pressure to always produce and to show all the awesome things that you're doing and look everybody look at what i'm doing and we're happy and i've got a memory or i've got something that i can shift or put to towards a chat book that'll show all these great things um oh that's 100 percent accurate my kids so anyway both i mean it's just I think that the mixture is important. My point is that I think that we're open and I think that people like to hear about it. Oh my gosh, I'd like to know what's going on around here. Um, They're open about talking about it. Listen, listening to what they say and oh, they got some cool thoughts on it. Or they're like, sometimes it's listening and like, "Uh, yeah, that's not going to work for us. And that's very helpful too. So we're going to start a series where we talk about moments and questions. And I feel like we can do better than that. What, as moments as and title. questions? Well, you came up with that. I, that's, Q&A. I think, I think that's terrible. <laughs> the plan is we thought we get lots of questions and maybe we can tie those into some of our experiences. Yeah. And I don't know what the title is going to be. But basically having this a format of, uh, yeah, we have 20 freaking years of stuff. And it's like, if, oh, my gosh. Like, I've got a story for almost every question that I think could apply to it. Yeah, so and that's they're what not we're always do. flattering. Like sometimes it's like, they're just straight out failures, um, and that's okay too, because uh, you learn from those too. Yeah. So let's start with a question, and then we'll tell a story and see if we might uh, make any headway in talking about it. Yeah, I don't know if we even have like a specific story about this one, but this is the most common question. Yeah. You want to want me to lead into what the question is? Please do. Okay. So one of the most common questions we get is about well we get lots of questions about sex and this is not a sex podcast but we're married and we do have sex with each other um but the most common one is when you're dealing with differing sex drives 
um, and how you deal with that. Because the thing is, is uh, it's, your drives are always going to be a little different from each other. I mean, the odds of you guys having the exact same sex drive all the time in your marriage is not, it's not really possible. And I think that it's a common thing that leads to conflict. Mm -hmm. When one person wants sex more or differently than another person does. Yeah. So we're going to go into that. So did you want to go into like a, how do you want to handle that? Well, the thing that came into my mind was, well, different sex drive is kind of, well, there are, there are two things that come to my mind and I'll start with one and we'll see if we get to the other one. But the first thing is change events, significant change events in life really do a number on a marriage and a change event might be something from like losing a job or changing careers or building a career or having kids or illness or death. There's a lot of things that can happen that will change the nature of a relationship and put pressure on it and stress that can take emphasis away or put it towards sex. Mm -hmm. And I think that the same event might affect different people the same way. So the first thing that comes into my mind is having kids. You, you mean affect different people or the, the same, same event, event can affect you and I very differently. Differently. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So you said, so the one you're thinking of is having kids. And for, so we dated for, um, you know, like a couple of years, we knew each other a couple of years before we got married. And then we actually did not have children till we had been married five years. Yep. So we had quite a bit of time, um, just the two of us. And I actually thought... Uh, I mean, well, from the very beginning, I could tell our sex drives were different. Um, just like because like we got married and I, I had like an easy job. Um, I had just graduated college. My job was pretty chill. You went right into like extremely intense work. Yeah, it's building my career and in, mm -hmm. in an industry that required a lot of work. Uh, yeah, so there was a lot of emphasis on work. But in the very beginning of our marriage, we actually had to make a change right away because I was struggling in that um, we lived in this absolutely adorable, tiny home, tiny, tiny house, 300 square feet. You can't even call it a house. It no, was a basement. It's a basement. It was it's half a, a basement. It was a hobbit hole. It's 300 square feet. Technically, we lived tiny for two years. Um, seven foot ceilings. And I'm like playing house. Like I have a home. I mean, I have a job. I'm working at a law firm. And... Um, then I'm coming home, I'm making dinner, and then I want to get laid. And you're coming home freaking exhausted. I was framing houses at yeah, the time. Yeah, you're framing. And, like, and I was working four tens. Four tens, that's cute. Um, <laughs> now we're like, that would be amazing. Yeah, four tens would be awesome. But even then, it wasn't four tens. But framing and yeah. trade work And so work you come home and you're like filthy. And you take a shower and you were collapsing into bed. And I was immediately like, nah. <laughs> I was very frustrated because I wanted sex every night. We just, we'd been married when this first came up, like two weeks. And we actually made a change, which isn't always possible, but you changed jobs. You went into a teaching position. Um, and that changed things so quickly. Yeah. Like, because all of a sudden you were coming home, having a very similar experience as me you arrested and suddenly I'm like, all right, let's get this on. And we did. And that was the first thing I really realized like, oh, this is just, this is, might take some maneuvering. So a couple things in your recalling of that, that stick out to me that other people might say, oh, I heard that too, is we've always been very open about talking about sex mm -hmm. and the place that sex holds for us individually. I think that sex can be a real taboo topic for, um, for people in general, but especially 
even for couples, a lot of people, depending on your cultural background, it's not couth to talk about things like that. We were talking about that after just a couple of dates as far as, <laughs> hey, what you into? Uh, uh, this is on the table for me. Is it on yeah, the table like for you? Yeah, like way before we were doing things, we were talking about things. Yeah. We, we were, you know, pretty religious at And the I was same open time. and saying, hey, look, this is something that I really want. And I'm, I mean, you can tell me right now if you're into that or not. Well, cause also because you don't want to get together. Um, you know, our, our sexual, you know, we were... Obviously, we're not going to talk about all the things, but um, we wanted to make sure that we were compatible. Compatible, because yeah, like I am not a shy person, and I'm a very experimental person, and I needed somebody who could be that way with me. Um, so I would say, whether you're just starting a relationship or in the middle of it, be open about talking about your needs. Mm-hmm. Be open talking about your needs mm-hmm. and what you like and what you don't like. And if sex is a topic that is taboo, I would say rip that bandaid off and make it open. Mm-hmm. We should be as open. I don't know. Our philosophy is if it's important to if sex is important to you, you need to be as open talking about it as you are planning a menu, talking about what you're going to eat for the week and go shopping. Like those are things that you should be good talking about. Yeah, this that's there's this idea in puritanical culture that because sex can be seen as this very sacred thing between a couple that you shouldn't be discussed. And I think that is a really um, frightening thought on, on sexual health because uh, just because you can value sex as being very sacred does not mean that you should not discuss it openly and not just between the two of you talk to your friends, talk to people, read about it, like sexual health how on earth are you supposed to know what's what's normal and healthy if you're just trying to figure it out on your own and and defining it for yourself like you need data points yeah i think that a lot of people are not open with themselves or not honest with themselves um and less so with their partners about how important um or how big of a role sex plays in their lives Mm -hmm. and i think that not talking about that is what leads to so much conflict and resentment resentment and frustration whenever they don't have those expectations or those needs fulfilled because if the other person doesn't know what your needs are because you're not willing to talk about it then how do you ever have a conversation and then work towards compromise to find something that works for both of you yeah sometimes we'll talk to couples and like leads usually it's more like i'll be talking to a friend but they'll be married a long time and i'm hearing these things that sound like uh i felt like this should have been discussed like the first month of marriage because it's it's like you cannot have assumptions. You can't assume somebody's going to know what you want. You cannot assume somebody's just going to go in and understand. Sex is so complicated for every single person, and their needs are so complicated. And if you assume that your spouse knows that you're going to need, like, a good 25 minutes in this one spot like to get you where you need to go, and he's thinking, yeah, she should be able to get there in, like, a minute, we're going to have some problems. Um so having like these very open conversations, especially away from the bedroom, like not immediately after. Don't be critiquing. Like, yeah, there's a time and a place, and it, the the place where it's not is when egos are fragile and mm-hmm. pressure to or in the middle. Right like, uh, I mean, you can say maybe I don't know. You have to be careful because you you want to be so respectful because everyone has rights to what they want and what they need and what they feel comfortable with you shouldn't you know, we don't want to be pressuring people to do things that they are just so uncomfortable with but at the same time it might be something you really want and let's have 
a conversation, be open to what the other person wants. Even if you're uncomfortable, let's listen to why. And, and sex without communication just seems like a just doomed. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's something to be said about the commitment to monogamy that if you're, if, if, if you and your partner have committed to a monogamous relationship, you also have to acknowledge that monogamy comes with responsibilities that it's, you're the person who's fulfilling the, your partner's needs and you're the person that they're going to go to and to expect that everybody's going to come to the table with, uh, with the ability to do that out of the gate. I don't think it is, is reasonable. Mm-hmm. There is an expectation of knowing, okay, well, then if I'm the person who's going to fulfill her, then I need to learn and I need to be open about learning what those things are for her and how I can be better at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of skipped over this part of like change, how change, how things change. Like for us, we thought, okay, we figured out that if we're both kind of in a less stressed situation, we basically have great sex. Yeah, when we're rested and we <laughs> don't have a lot of distractions we have amazing sex. Oh, that was so fun. We were married for five years. We both graduated from college. We had no children. We had two incomes. And then we started career building and, and having kids. Yeah. So we had children and the economy crashed. We went to one income. It was like, oh, wow. It was a confluence of significant change events. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's interesting to be so comfortable in a sexual place and to realize we kind of need to start from scratch. I mean, the chemistry is still there, the desire for each other is still there. Um, but I don't know, what do you, what were your thoughts when we had kids? Like what, what were your thoughts like about our sexuality, I guess? Um, I realized that we both reacted to stress in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like stress made me less inclined mm-hmm. to have sex because I had so many things on my mind and it's like, uh, I don't know if that's a Shane thing or if that's a man thing, but it's like, I got to get my business in order and I got to get these things under control because chaos is, uh, um, leads to instability in the lives of my family. And I've got to be able to provide stability and I got so, so many problems and that can just spiral in my mind, maybe other people's minds too. I don't know. But, uh, but it made me like, it was harder to get into the place of, you know, wanting to do it and much less wanting to initiate it. Yeah. And for me, it's, I know that this is different than a lot of women, but obviously when I first had a baby, I didn't want to be touched for like, luckily I'm like, they say you can't have, well, I'll retract a little bit. My best friend was about to have a baby and I'd already had one. She's like, I'm really nervous. Like they said we can't have sex for like six weeks. We've never gone that long. And I just started laughing. I'm like, honey, Sweetie, you're not going to want him to touch you. <laughs> like, you're about to pop children out of a very small place. You're, you're going to be okay with you're it. You're going to be fine. And then later she's like, I didn't want him near me. I'm like, yeah, you change. And parenthood changes you and motherhood changes you. You think you know what you're, who you're married to. And when she becomes a mother, whether she's you know, creating those children or you're bringing them into your home, it changes you. For me, yes having a baby that first beginning I was so exhausted but for me sex is different in that sex is a place that totally takes me out of my head of anything else sex is just pleasure providing pleasure being in the moment um 
empowered in my sexuality. So I crave sex in times of stress because it's one of the only things that distracts me from the chaos. And so when we're, so, and that was a big struggle because all of a sudden we had a new baby. She was so difficult. She never slept. And suddenly we had one income and that was crazy. And I'm like, I don't have a job anymore. I'm, this is confusing. And that it was 2000, you were in construction and the recession hit. And it's all of a sudden it's like, I realized I had initiated sex every single time we had had sex for like a year. Like I started, and I know you weren't happy about this, but I started calculating when had Shane last kissed me just to kiss me? When was the last time Shane initiated sex? And I became very resentful because, I mean, I wouldn't say that you like, well, you would, you were pretty good at saying I'm just not in the mood before, you know, if I, but um, I was just, if it happened, I was making it happen. And then I would do that thing, which really made you mad, but I would experiment with how long would it, would go without sex. And then you would, uh, yeah, I had a hard time with that experiment because you would just, it was, you would just build resentment. Yeah, but I didn't know what else to do. It's like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to, I am not going to initiate. And we'd go like two months and I'm like, how are you not crawling up the wall but you weren't thinking about it, and I was thinking about it nonstop. The realization that we handle stress differently and stress affects our sex drives differently is something that we hadn't even we hadn't even begun to ask that question. Mm-hmm. When we realized it, I think that it helped. It definitely helped me to see, oh, it looks different for her, and I see what it looks like from that perspective. And I think that it helped you to see, oh, it looks different for him. His pressure is different than my pressure, and his needs are different than my needs. It just being able to talk about that, I think, helped us to move past that. Yeah, and that's we say move past that. That was years, yeah. you know, years of work. But I guess if I was going to say what really, what really changed, because I think now we are in a place. I think we have a great sex life now. Like I think about it, like we have lots of sex, and I feel very satisfied in that. I feel like you do. Oh yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, and 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 I and I look back now, and I can see steps that led to that place. Yeah. And one, of course, we go back to all the time. It's expectations. Um, having expectations of what our needs are. Um. Go ahead. Did you have something? Oh no, I was just uh, thinking about these times of change. I I think that it, that it's important to see them as temporary. Like these phases of life that you go through and you have babies and it definitely changes the way that you think about sex. I think that um, that's just one example of a change event. Maybe it's something else, career, health, whatever. But it's important, I think, to see them as temporary. They can't mm-hmm. be the permanent, well, this is the, this is the new reality and it's always going to be like this. I think that there needs to be, I don't know, we have benefited from seeing them as temporary and saying, all right, let's make a plan to get back to something else. Mm -hmm. This can't be the way that I always want it to be. And well, I just don't like sex anymore. So that's okay. This is the new reality. Let's adjust. Yeah. I don't think that's that's going to end your marriage because (laughs) unless you both don't like sex, um, you can't, you can't move forward. Like that's just something we, as couples, like we need that. We need that together unless you decide together, you don't need that. Um, so what do you think, if you look at some of the things that we've kind of done to work through some of this, 
Um, do you have something that you're kind of that that pops up of like this is something that really moved us forward to being with a more healthy sexual relationship? Um, I mean, my mind keeps going back to the big things is that we talk about it, we're mm-hmm. honest about it, uh, we're open, um, and I think that we're open that we both like it and. Uh, I don't know. I think that we're committed to working hard to improve too. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've worked hard to get better. And I think that just thinking that you're going to be great at sex is um, foolish. I think that anything that you, you're going to get great at, it's mm-hmm. going to take some practice and some, uh, and some learning. And so I think that being willing to learn is important. The other thing that I thought about sex is that like when there's a different sex drive or different skills involved or someone's unsatisfied, I think that, um, it's so important to help them to build their confidence. You said that once, like you need to build the other person's confidence and not always be highlighting their failures or, you know, the, how dissatisfied you are with performance or the way that things are. Sex is such this tender, uh, um, fragile thing that, um, especially when it comes to ego in people's minds. And I hate to say that the male ego is so fragile, duh, say all the, the ladies, <laughs> but uh, you got to talk to a guy a certain way and to say, you're not doing it right is not going to help him to do it better. You've got to learn how to talk about it and to make the other person feel confident. Yeah. I mean, like you think about, let's say I, well, we did a, we did a survey of like, um, if you feel like there's differing sex drives, is it more the male or the female if you ha- were in a, unless you were in a same sex um, relationship? And like 70% said that the higher drive was with the male. And my advice for a man who's wanting to have more sex with his spouse or his partner, um, one of them is um, building her confidence, telling her she's beautiful, sincerely, talking about specifically. This is so beautiful for me. She is, especially someone who's moving through motherhood, your body is destroyed in ways you cannot comprehend. I mean, I remember looking in the mirror after my second baby was born, and we haven't talked about this, but I had some pretty pretty awful birth experiences and pregnancy experiences, but I had, had it was my second C-section. My breasts were the size of watermelons. It's awesome. <laughs> It wasn't because you don't come near them. <laughs> I know. So but like I was laughing so hard and tears crawl- falling down my face of just the, I didn't know who I was. And and making sure that your partner feels so safe exactly where they are is so huge. Um, and then also taking that confidence on yourself. For, for example, for me, I absolutely love sex. And I was so traumatized by what three C-sections did to my body. I could pull the skin on my stomach out like eight inches. And I was like, nah, that's not going to happen. And I full on started a career to make the $10,000 to cut that off and get back to having a stomach I felt comfortable with. And not everyone's going to get that. But for me, I remember telling Shane, Shane, you have no idea how different I will be sexually if I just don't feel like I'm constantly thinking about this stupid extra skin from these babies. And do you remember the transition? Oh, it it was awesome. And from my standpoint, I just thought, I'd love the heck out of you one way or the other. And mm-hmm. you're beautiful. And I'm so, uh, I can't imagine being more sexually attracted sexually attracted to you like that's not for me but if it's a you thing and that's Mm -hmm. what you made me understand is that's something that you needed 
you needed to feel confident in that way. And I thought I 100% support that. If you need something done so that you can get into it, then I don't know, let's talk about that thing. Yeah. In this case, I was 100% supportive. Yeah, and 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 people actually said, you should never do something like that for someone else. I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't. Oh, it wasn't for me. <laughs> it was not for Shane. I like, I wanted to feel comfortable. Honestly, I just wanted to feel comfortable naked again because I loved that element of our marriage, and I felt like that had been kind of ripped away. And not, you never once made me feel bad about any state of my body. Like when I hear about people who are saying negative things to their spouse about their body. I'm like, no, no, no. So we don't do that. Like that's just standard yeah. rules. You That's a relationship that is I could guarantee has a ton of issues. Yeah. I mean, we watched a marriage like that and it ended, but I remember the fury that would come off of me when he, you know, I wish you would lose your baby weight faster. I'm like, who the f <laughs> Anyway, I PG-13 girl. Yeah. Um, though I think we can just bleep stuff out. PG-13, I think, gets one F-bomb per film. Okay. Well, this isn't a film. So mm. um, so a lot of that is the confidence. Like, if if you're struggling and you're like, I wish, I wish that he or she wanted sex more, think about the genuine confidence that you're allow, you know, you're giving them and and do they feel safe? Also, do they feel safe to be honest with you about what their needs are? Or are you shutting things down? Um there we've had conversations it's like hey you know we don't have to go into all of our deep stuff but like uh we have different ideas about sex or whatever and it's like i've even if it's like uncomfortable or it's like oh really like we're i feel like we're well i've always felt like you've been extremely open of like that's interesting and i'm not there but let's talk about that and i've always felt like it's a safe place yeah i I would say that don't expect the conversations to be easy. Um, sometimes you have to go through the discomfort of differences and staring it in the face, th thinking, I don't see how we're going to get through this. I don't know how we're going to come to compromise or common ground. But you have to be willing to at least talk about it and start the conversation before you know one way or the other that it will or will not work. But you've got to be comfortable getting a little uncomfortable. Yeah, and there's some things that it's like, Try to take yourself out of your baggage, too. I mean, sexuality is not a dirty thing. If you're telling your spouse, oh, I don't like that because, like, ew, gross. Or, like, I mean, if you're uncomfortable with something, no one has to do anything they don't want to do. Obviously, you are your own person. And if there's something you're like, I don't want to do that, talk about it and, like, acknowledge that. Have that conversation. But, you know, when we're looking at sex as a dirty thing or a shame thing, there's some baggage there. And that's stuff we have to get around. Yeah. I would also encourage people to consider the path of therapy or counseling. There are a decent amount of people here in the Valley that offer specialized services for um, sexual trauma, um, um, different sexual um, uh, needs, there's a lot, there are a lot of resources out there to help couples talk through um, some of these issues um, when they may not feel uh, able to do it on their own. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of times, I mean, I feel like we have a lot of tools that we use and we still, we can see where, where we don't have the tools to get to all the places we need to on our different subjects. Um, another thing I thought of that's, I think is very helpful in our marriage is that I've seen in some marriages that it's like a check mark. We need to do this thing. Like we need to have sex. That's something I need. Oh, I got to have sex with my husband. Like, or I, oh, my wife needs sex, whatever. 
Um, no one wants to be um, a chore. Uh, I would say that sex, the vibration of sexuality is pretty continuous in a relationship. I made the mistake of looking for an image. I texted, I, I was texting you and I needed to see something. And I don't think I realized that every photo I've ever sent you is saved under your, have you looked at this? You should pull your phone out. Mm. I am a dirty person. Like I send you very inappropriate photos that we Thank should you probably, for that. yeah, because it's like, I'll be in the shower and it's like, huh, that's is good lighting. And I'm sending it to Shane. And it's like, we're our, no, don't listen. Don't look at our text messages. Like we are talking, you know, always, there's always this vibration of sexuality and we're not just close for sex. This is a big problem I know with people is like, if you want someone to have sex with you more, don't be a, don't give them attention, like physical attention and, um, I guess just romantic affection just because you're moving into sex. 100% they will shut down to that because if you are just grabbing your spouse and kissing them, if you're slapping their ass as they walk by, if you are genuinely making out on the couch, knowing it's not going to lead anywhere, not even hoping it's going to lead anywhere because you literally have five minutes before you have to go out the door. If you're, you know, touching each other inappropriately on a drive, it is a constant state of foreplay. And it's also super fun because life is hard. And if you're just knowing that every once in a while you're going to like make out in the pantry, it's a lot more fun and a lot easier to get to a place of sexuality. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but your formula is that when it's <laughs> not on the table and we're still making out, you you want it more. <laughs> What? I don't understand this. No, it's totally true. Yeah. Like if I can make out with you without expectation uh -huh. and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to bed. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. no, you're not. <laughs> not yet. I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't do it for this. I just did it because it was fun. And he's know. not playing because he really does go to bed. But like last night we were watching a movie, which we don't do very often. But then like we just like started making out in the middle of the movie. And it's not like we're going to, we can't have sex right there. Like our kids are just upstairs and we knew it was way too late, but we still made out and it was like hot. And then we went back to watching the movie and like, because he's still my boyfriend. I think that's what's funny is like, just because you become married and then you have like kids or whatever, you're still dating. You're still lovers that that should still be your number one. Otherwise you're just roommates. And I don't know, I could have a lot of roommates, but uh, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather have a lot of sex and yeah. with you. <laughs> so did we answer the question? I, I don't know. I guess if the answer is it's complicated, but also just to yeah be open to the other person yep. and take some responsibility on yourself as well. And honestly, as a male ego, like be proactive of learning how to be good in bed. If you don't know how to be good in bed and you're uncomfortable, like, researching it because that can be a slippery slope there's some stuff you might not want to see find someone in your life who you think has a good sex life and talk to them ask them to go to lunch ask poignant questions um what about this thing do you do this thing have you done that go to a sex shop with your spouse that we've talked about that before but dude there's stuff i'm like um so that's a no yeah no yes no no <laughs> never 
Um, maybe if I'm drunk, I'll do that. One. <laughs> but like, oh yeah, no, we're not doing that again. But um, it just that conversation and being open and like fun. That's the thing. Sex is fun. It doesn't. It's supposed to be fun and meaningful and beautiful. But it's fun and and that's and a f- so if it's not, talk about it yeah. and be intentional about trying to make it better. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So well, it's worth it. It's worth it because I know for me in our stressful life and things sometimes get hard and in hopeless and I don't know, being able to come back to each other in that place and just just the two of us in this intimate way where we are a hundred percent safe and allowed to be vulnerable is one of the best things about being married. Yeah. That's a big uh ingredient to our formula of what's kept us going yeah so thanks for good sex shane man thank you natalie i appreciate it oh not as much as me (laughs) all right we'll talk to you guys later thanks for listening this is the boise bubble podcast please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review follow us on instagram at the boise bubble and for more information about our community follow at hello meridian see you next time The Boise Bubble Podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in buying a Volkswagen in the Treasure Valley? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com to learn more.